In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. It's time for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi. Everyone has learned lessons in life during their lifetime. Some good, some bad. But from everyone, there has been something learned. And now it's time to share that knowledge. It's called Paying It Forward. Here, these lessons learned are then paid forward to you. With you, Paying It Forward too. Josephine put her professional career on hold after the birth of her first child and turned her attention to being a full-time mother. Well, three kids later, Josephine started her own company, MyMomKnowsBest.com and Glovies, but was dismayed by a lack of information that people would share to help entrepreneurs be successful. That's where Paying It Forward was born. This is Paying It Forward on Triggynet.com. And now, here's your host, Josephine Jirasi. Life in order. It's really, really hard to have your business in order. And even if you say to yourself, oh, that's not really true because I'm successful, trust me, you will be more successful if you have all your ducks in a row in your personal life. So, with that, um, I know that there are a lot of baby boomers that are listening to my show. And many of us have parents who are getting elderly, getting older, and um, it's so important to take into account as to how we're going to take care of our parents. So with that, let me introduce Deborah Chuhowski and welcome her to the show. Good morning, Deborah. Good morning, Josephine. Thanks so much. Uh, good to be with you. <laughs> oh, thank you for being on our show. So I usually start my show out, Deborah, with trying to get a little bit of background on our guests to try to help us understand how is it that you decided to get into the practice that you are involved in and what made you go out and start your own business on your own. So let's start back and tell us what made you decide to even enter law school. Well, from an early age, I was fascinated by the law. Uh, I remember watching different programs. I loved watching Perry Mason, and uh, I just was fascinated by the trial process. And, um, and as I got older, I saw myself falling into um, an advocacy-type role for friends and family, and I really couldn't rest if I felt that there was an injustice being done to someone. And um, it was just, I think, that evolution that brought me to um, deciding to go to law school uh, uh, after college. Wow. Okay. So I get that feeling. You know, Deborah, it drives me absolutely cuckoo. I, I can just give you a very simple example. My life has changed so much since I've had children. And my son, um, he takes the bus every single morning, Deborah. And this one day, he did not have his reading log filled in. He's in. He's eight years old. And I turned to him and I said, Garrett, you can't go to school unless you have that reading log. You're reading done. He said, all right. I hate to miss the bus, but I'll miss the bus today and I'll do it. Well, Deborah, he missed the bus. He did his reading that day, but there were so many papers to sign that day. The one thing I forgot to initial was his reading log. Well, he got to school and the teacher said, there's no signature. 
maybe you didn't read. And he said, but I did read, but I did read. He came home and it was like, we should have had a jury here because Uh. he was absolutely adamant that mom, I didn't even take the bus that day. I really, really worked hard. And it was that whole thing. So I had to sit down with it. He got an FYI, which is not a good thing. Well, it's not such a bad thing, but to to my son, it was like somebody cut off his right arm. He couldn't sleep that night. The whole thing. All because of the initial. And Deborah, I know that feeling when you know in your heart of hearts that something is right and somebody is kind of second guessing it or somebody is blatantly wrong about something. It's like you really want to go to bat for that person. So I, I know that feeling and I know that's probably how you really got into your law career. So um, and I know you're incredible at what you do, but I just thought that. Um, all right. So I went off on a little bit of tangent there, but I'm just saying that there is passion in what you do. You are out to help other people. And the area of focus that you have, I mean, it's just so sad to have to put a parent into a nursing home. And I know I had the personal experience with my dad when my dad was sick. I mean, Deborah, there was no way we my dad was in the hospital. My mom was staying with me because the hospital was closed. We were going to pick up my ho- my dad at the hospital. He was there for three days or whatever. He had a heart condition. Mm-hmm. I got a phone call from the doctor, the, the top surgeon in the hospital, and said, exactly where do you think your father's going? I'm like, oh, we're going to take him home. My mom's going to take care of him. And he said, your dad is a big man. There's no way your mom can take care of him. Mm-hmm. And we were devastated that we had to put my dad into a nursing home. Devastated because physically we could not help him and it would have been worse if he would have fallen. So right. I I have a true interest in learning everything that you have to talk about today. And like I said, if our minds are focused on trying to take care of our parents and we're not at peace knowing that they're getting the best care, right. there's no way we can really focus on our business. Right. And, and I think it's important to know what options that families have because there are different options and mm-hmm. things are often happening in a crisis. For example, with your situation, um, you know, your dad, you expected him to be discharged that day and yep. families are often faced with um, having to make an immediate decision on something that's so critically important. And I've, I'm a strong advocate of people knowing what their options are, being able to make choices in a less stressful environments where they can really think through things. Uh, So I'm a big proponent of that. I think that that's such a great point, and I'm hoping today through our show you'll be able to give us lots of great tips on how we can prepare, especially, Deborah, when there are siblings involved. Mm -hmm. It's not such a bad thing, like you said, to probably when your parents, like, should we even start when they're still, like, not, you know, they're still pretty healthy? I mean, at what point do we do this? Well, I think there's certain planning documents that every adult should have. And, for example, a health care proxy. Determine, you know, for a person to be able to determine who in their family or friend they would like to help make uh, decisions for them if they can't make those decisions. Also, powers of attorney to allow someone in the event someone becomes incapacitated to make uh, legal choices, banking choices, real estate choices, um, wills, having wills. I 
often um, come into the picture with families when it's too late to do a lot of these things. If someone has um, developed Alzheimer's and they're in a more advanced stage, they can no longer execute any of these documents. And I can't tell you how many families I speak to who will say, well, I'm the spouse. Or, and, and the laws have actually changed some in, in allowing um, a list of people who can make choices. But what I think is critical is that um, the person make the choices for themselves, um, that if I, for example, I know who I would want to make decisions or you know who you would mm -hmm. want to make decisions and right. not to allow the law to step in if we can't make those decisions. Um, and often with, um, for power of attorney is a very important document because uh, if someone becomes incapacitated and doesn't have a power of attorney, delegating some, designating someone who can make choices on their behalf, then a guardian actually would have to be appointed. Families will come to me um, sometimes and want to pursue a case and, and a case should be pursued, but their loved one is incapacitated. Uh, in order to actually even have the legal standing to bring the case, uh, we have to have a guardian appointed, and that can be a long process, a difficult process, and a very expensive process, which can all be eradicated if someone had just signed a power of attorney. Um, wow. And so I think it's important for, as I said, every adult to do these things. And with a will, again, I, I can't tell you how many situations people don't have a will. And uh, the situations that happen with families, is it's just very unfortunate. And I think it could all be avoided if, if these documents were, um, were completed by uh, by people. Yeah, you know what? I think you're so right, Deborah. It's so, so important. And I, I'm just thinking as you're speaking here when I was talking about, you know, my business tip of the day and um, the importance of, do, you know, we sit down, we do our New Year's resolutions. I bet you every single year that's probably not a bad thing to do is to pull out those documents with your spouse and really just update it and just say, okay, things have changed. You know, we said that you know, our whoever, the aunt and uncle was going to take care of the children, maybe that their situation has changed. So maybe right. that's a good reason why all of these documents really should just be, it probably takes just a few minutes to make sure that they're all up to date and on an annual basis just update it. Right. That's a great point. In addition to having them, right, they, they should be updated also. That's a wonderful point. Absolutely. Well, we just finished our first segment of Paying It Forward, but we have lots of tips for you. So everyone stay with us, and Deborah Tuchowski is going to help us with some great um, tips. Stay with us, everyone. <laughs> We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on Toginet.com. Have you ever wondered why America is facing such a health care crisis? Then join us for Dr. Peter DeVette Live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. He'll answer your health care and medical questions and share with you his knowledge and opinions on topics ranging from holistic health care to spirituality and wellness. You'll find out about the roots of your health care challenges versus symptom management, the holistic approach, how the spirit, mind, and body connection is critical in both the development of illness and the solution to illness, how emotions are directly related to physical illness and how to read your body like a book. Dr. DeVette will also go through your personal questions 
and how you can navigate through the illness maze. Supplements, medications, therapies, treatment options, surgeries, all kinds of things related to your health. Dr. Peter DeVent Live, every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Get ready for smart health with your host, Dr. Glenn Mia. Friday afternoons at 2 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Smart Health is a one-hour program dedicated to discussions, interviews, and news in the ever-changing world of medicine. Information leads to smart choices, and smart choices lead to a healthier lifestyle. That's the quote of host and broadcast journalist Dr. Glenn Mia, M.D. This magazine-style radio show is a fast-paced program bringing together medical experts, authors, and patients to examine what works and what doesn't in staying healthy. Dr. Glenn Mia is a board-certified physician in pediatrics and internal medicine. His philosophy to wellness starts with an investment. He says proper nutrition, rest, and exercise are the best personal investments to maintaining good health. So join us for Smart Health with Dr. Glenn Mia. Fridays at 2 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. Josephine here, and we have Deborah Tuhowski on the line with us today. And Deborah, I have a quick question. So here we are talking about the importance of getting all of our documents in order, our healthcare proxy, our power of attorney, and our will. To some listeners, it might sound scary, like they might like all of a sudden think this is going to cost like a fortune. Can you tell us how do the fees work with with like your a firm, for example. Um, well, what my firm actually focuses on pursuing cases when someone is um, affected by some type of neglect, nursing home neglect. Um, the types of documents that I was referring to, uh, my firm doesn't actually prepare those on a regular basis, um, mm-hmm. but I, they're often... Um, a big factor in the cases I can pursue because these documents are often necessary to allow us to actually investigate and prosecute a case. Um, other, there's, there are attorneys who are called elder law attorneys. Um, I'm of elder neglect type of attorney. Um, so there are elder law attorneys who prepare these documents. Um, and um, the documents are fairly straightforward. Um, and to, for family to determine what type of planning they need, um, it really depends on their personal situation. Um, So they can sit down with an elder law attorney and usually um, the consultation is uh, at a uh, fixed rate and they can determine what type of planning and then they can go from there with that. Okay. So that's great. So we've decided it's super important to have these documents in place, go out, do your research, get a great firm, let them write up the documents. So now all of that is done, Deborah. Let's say we get into a situation that our parents really, we have no choice. They have to go into a nursing home. How do we even go about selecting a nursing home? Well, um, there are a couple of things that I recommend that families do. One is looking at uh, a couple of different websites. 
There is a New York State website and from the Department of Health, and there's also a federal website from Medicare. Um, the New York State website is nursinghomes.nyhealth.gov. That's nursinghomes, plural, .nyhealth.gov. And the Medicare website is medicare.gov backslash nursing home compare. And again, that's medicare.gov backslash nursing home compare. And these websites will list um, information about the nursing homes, ratings on the nursing homes. Uh, mm -hmm. Nursing homes can be rated from one to five stars, five being the best. And um, the consensus in the industry is basically that you really want to try to select a four or five star nursing home, if at all possible. The okay. other... Um, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I think that that's important. You know, I didn't realize about the rankings. So you want to get into a four or five nursing home. And it's probably important, too, to make sure. I don't know, like, how important is it that um, the nursing home's close to, you know, your home? Well, that's a great question. And uh, that comes up a lot. Um, it is important to visit as often as you can. But I think getting into the best nursing home is even more important than it being in close proximity. I think the combination okay. is, is important, but mm -hmm. I think I would choose a higher rated over proximity, but still it's important to visit. And, and it's important to visit the nursing home before your loved one goes there. Just, just go, stop by. Um, and I, I think it's almost best to stop by without making an appointment because you can oh. experience it more as it is. That may be um, contrary to what the nursing homes would, would want. Uh, so I'm not trying to create a, <laughs> a problem there. But um, I think you really want to experience the nursing home as it is and to really look around and get a sense of, does it smell clean? Um, what, what's happening with the residents? Um, there's some nursing homes where everyone is just out in the hall in a wheelchair sitting there for hours on end. That's not a good sign. Um, so visiting is very important before your loved one goes there, and then I think it's critical when the person is there. I think the facility knowing that there is an involved family oh, sure. is very, very important. Yeah, that's so, that is so important. I'll tell you, I come from a huge family, and I had one brother who actually lived, no, he worked in the hospital, and the hospital had a nursing home there. And my brother, you know, he worked right there. He made sure he was there, and he helped so much. He, he had this special relationship with my dad, which was so important in the end, and the nurses took incredible care, and of course, my mom was there every single day and everything. But I think you're so right. It is important to visit. So to keep everybody on their toes. I mean, right. you hope and that you get into a nursing home that the workers are treating, you know, the patients as if it were their own parents. But sometimes that just doesn't happen. Right. And, and visiting different times of day, I think, are important. They're not okay. always visiting at 6 o'clock at night. Mix it up mm -hmm. a bit. As you said, keeping them yeah. on their toes, that's what made me think of that. Um, yeah, I think that's so, that's important. So, so Deborah, tell us, who do you think is at risk for neglect and abuse in a nursing home or even a hospital? I think that it would be, in my experience, it's been people who have some type of cognitive deficit. And what I mean by that is mm -hmm. Alzheimer's, dementia. Uh, I see many situations where 
someone may go into a nursing home because they may have earlier stage Alzheimer's or dementia and they're, it's, it, it becomes unsafe for them to stay at home because they may start doing things that put themselves in jeopardy, but they're still able to walk and able to dress themselves. And they, they'll go into the nursing home and things will be okay for a period of time because they're ambulatory, they're able to eat. But as the illness progresses and as they become um, bed bound or chair fast and they're no longer able to feed themselves at that point when their level of when their need level rises and if the care doesn't rise with it that's when someone becomes uh, someone comes at risk um and they Mm -hmm. can develop skin breakdown um Mm -hmm. and other types of problems at that point yeah i mean that it's bed sores are a big big thing right I mean, Deborah, when the patient is in the bed, I mean, bed sores, I don't know if it's, is it a true sign of abuse or is it just that the patient is really in the bed that long? Like how much is the nursing home really responsible for, you know, handling that patient? Is it that they feed them? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. That's a great question. Um, And bed sores, they're, they're actually regulations. They're, they're very specific regulations that govern nursing homes in New York State, and they're federal regulations also. And the regulations basically state that um, a facility has to take all steps necessary to prevent bed sores from developing. And if a person comes into the facility with bed sores, to heal those bed sores and to prevent the development of new bed sores. So there's a mandate that bed sores are not just an accepted um, result of someone being in a facility and having to be in bed. Um, there are very specific protocols that should be followed when someone is potentially at risk for bed sores. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can, I, I know we don't have that much time, but I mean I can go no. into examples if you'd like. Of I think that's of important. Why don't we Why don't we do an example, Deborah? That's important. Okay. Um, A facility is basically charged with with several responsibilities. For example, when someone comes into a facility or during their residency at a facility, they need to be assessed to determine what they're at risk for. And if if it is determined that they're at risk for bed sores, then a care plan needs to be established that addresses that. And then that care plan needs to be actually implemented on a day-to-day basis. Some of the um, steps that can be taken if someone is at risk for pressure ulcers is pressure reduction. Um, Because pressure ulcers are nothing, it's it's not some... um, difficult to understand concept, it comes from just too much pressure, and they happen on the bony prominences, the sacral area, the hip bones, the heels. Um, so the steps that our experts recommend and that the policies and procedures of most facilities recommend, for example, is turning and positioning people every two hours so that they're not in the same position for extended periods of time. Um, also having uh, appropriate mattresses to deal with the appropriate level of pressure reduction or pressure relief. Uh, also, if someone is in a wheelchair or a jerry-type chair, that there's a cushion, uh, a special cushion that, again, will reduce or relieve pressure. Um, also, keeping someone dry. Often, as someone gets into later stages of illnesses, mm-hmm. uh, such as Alzheimer's or dementia, they become incontinent, and they have right. to wear some type of adult diaper. Um, if that diaper isn't changed on a a frequent basis, then someone is in a wet condition, which can also contribute to skin breakdown. Um, 
also nutrition and hydration become very important because the skin is an organ, and if there isn't enough nutrition or hydration, that'll also um, be a factor in skin breaking down. Mm -hmm. Wow. So I know that that's such a serious situation, and um, my dad did have a bed sore, and it was very, very, it's just, it was so painful for him. It broke our heart, but he was monitored very, very carefully. And sometimes it it just does happen. So, I mean, my question, Deborah, is like, what are some warning signs of neglect and abuse? Like just because you see a bed sore, does it mean like, gosh, there really was abuse? I don't, you know, is there a fine line there? How does that work? Right. Well, um, I, I think that, and, and the words neglect and abuse can, can be used interchangeably. We see a lot more neglect than abuse. Um, okay. And neglect meaning that um, the steps just aren't taken. I, I don't think it's intentional. Um, okay. A lot of times it can be staffing issues, not enough mm-hmm. staff, improperly trained staff, a failure to communicate the actual uh, needs of a resident to the staff, to the CNAs, for example, the uh, nursing assistants that are administering a lot of the care on a day-to-day basis. Um, so if if someone has a bed sore, I think that at that point, it should raise a flag to the family to okay. have a meeting and to talk with the staff. And Having these meetings is important, even if you never see any type of signs of neglect or abuse, because I think it's important to know what's the plan and what are they doing and what are their goals and what's what's the prognosis. I think you're so right, Deborah. The plan is so important and the family meetings are crucial in order to make sure that your loved one is really being taken care of the way that they should be. But okay, with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back shortly. Thanks, everyone. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, right after these on toginet.com. The IRS can and will track your income. Can you? It's time to bulletproof your taxes. Yes, bulletproof your taxes with host Nellie Williams, Fridays at 1 Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. As a business owner, you know that tax deductions can lower your tax liability, but deciding which expenses are deductible and how to claim them can be confusing, frustrating, and ultimately costly when you're wrong. Former IRS audit supervisor Nellie Williams will help you learn what is deductible and when to take that deduction to avoid raising IRS red flags. She'll teach you how to survive an IRS audit so you don't have to pay more tax, interest, or penalties. Each week, Nellie will be here to teach us as entrepreneurs and small business owners how to pay our fair share and not a penny more. Check out her website, BulletproofYourTaxes.com. Then join us for Bulletproof Your Taxes with host Nellie Williams, Fridays at 1 Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. Evermore, people have the means to live, but no meaning to live for. These are the words of Dr. Victor Frankel, the inspiration for the movie Victor and I. That's V I K T O R and I movie.com and Talk Sense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with host Mary Simaluka and frequent contributor Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 Central on Toginet.com. More and more people today are discarding their quest for money, possessions, and things and are instead beginning a serious quest to find meaning in life. 
Until now, these discussions were historically in the hands of priests, ministers, and scribes, then to philosophers, psychiatrists, and psychologists. Now, these deep discussions are where they should be, in the hands of individuals, on the air, with you. Talk Sense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with your host, Mary Similuka, and frequent contributor, Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 Central, on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. Everyone, it's Josephine here. So we're we have um, Deborah on the line with us, Deborah Truhowski, and we were just discussing. You know, if our parents or a loved one is in a situation that they'll need to enter a nursing home, we wanted to talk about um, some warning signs that could actually perhaps lead to neglect or abuse or are a result of neglect and abuse. So, Deborah, did you have any more um, comments that you wanted to make about that? I did, Josephine. Thank you. Um, In terms of um, pressure ulcers, I'll speak about that. I'd like to speak about that a few more minutes, perhaps, and then just talk about falls briefly. Um, In terms of warning signs, um, I think even before a warning sign, a way of hopefully preventing something from getting more serious is to look at your loved one. And this this can be a little awkward because if it's our mother or father, we're not used to looking at their backside or, or their body necessarily, but I really think one of the most important things that I, I could suggest to a family is to look at their loved one's skin periodically. And when I say periodically, maybe once a week, um, and if someone has a healthcare proxy for their loved one, then, for example, when their family member is being changed, uh, oftentimes when the aides will come in to change someone, they'll ask the family to leave, and most times family leave, family will leave. But um, if you have a healthcare proxy, my suggestion is to just say, I won't get in your way, I'll just stay back here, and to look, and uh, especially if someone is wearing some type of adult diaper, to look at the skin. And if the skin is red or there are any type of sores, to speak about it to the staff, to speak to the nurse, and to find out what's going on so that it can be dealt with before it becomes more serious. Um, Mm. Also, other warning signs. So important. It's so important, Deborah. I mean, thank God my mom was there to take care of my father, and um, my mother creamed my father all the time. But, you know, when they are wearing those adult diapers, you know, the skin does break down, and... You know, it well, is important. And like you said, it's embarrassing to to be in a situation, you know, if it's not the spouse and you are a child and to be in a situation like that, I think you just have to take the attitude that, you know, it's a matter of fact kind of thing so that the parents don't get that embarrassed. Do you know what I'm saying, Deborah? It's almost right. like changing a baby's diaper. It's just like, okay, let's just do this, take care of it, just so, you know, you're not harmed by it and uncomfortable and kind of move forward. It's not right. easy, but it's our parents and we want them we want to give them the best life we could at the end of their life, you know? Exactly. I think the roles do shift. You know, you reach a point where the roles sort of do shift from, you know, you, the children can become a caregiver in a sense. And I think by addressing something early on, because the skin breakdown doesn't have to happen. 
with good care, it, it doesn't have to happen. Um, that's what our experts tell us. Um, and, okay. uh, and if something can be prevented from getting especially worse, if something unfortunately does happen already, that's critical. And some other warning signs, if odor, if someone smells odors, um, that's a sign potentially that someone isn't um, being changed often enough and address that mm-hmm. with the staff. If someone's expressing pain, bed sores can be very, very, and typically are very painful. So if someone is expressing pain while they're shifting back and forth or the staff is shifting them back and forth in the bed or to the chair, investigate why. That pain it may not be just back pain. It may be because of some type of sore. Uh, also, if someone's experiencing weight loss, look into that. Um, right. If someone um, unexplained weight loss uh, is, is a sign that something is going on. Um, and it should be investigated. Um, also with falls, um, mm-hmm. I see many cases where people are falling uh, very often, and the thought initially is, well, you can't stop every fall. Well, that's true, you can't stop every fall, but the facility is required under the regulations to keep the residents safe and to prevent accidents. And there are a lot of steps, there are things that can be taken um, to prevent people from falling. For example, um, bed alarms, chair alarms, um, so that if someone is getting up, that the facility can be alerted. Um, Having uh, mats, if someone is at risk for rolling out of the bed and getting hurt, uh, mats can be put on the floor. Beds can be lowered so that if someone falls, they're falling from a shorter distance. And certainly every person's situation is different, and it's important to speak to the staff and just talk about what can be done. The steps I'm recommending aren't recommended for every person, but um, it's important to find out what steps are being taken to prevent things, to keep people safe, to heal things uh, when things are occurring. Yeah, I think that's so important. And you brought up such a good point, Deborah, earlier in the show when you said it's important to be an advocate and to be an actively involved in the preparation of the plan to take care of your loved one. And mm-hmm. you know what? It's almost one of those things where you shouldn't care what anybody thinks. If you feel that your loved one is not being taken care of or you want to see something change, you got to stick up for them and you got to put your shoulders back. And, you know, not everybody's going to love it, but, you know, you have to say, I, I would prefer if you did this rather than this if it means that it's going to give a better quality of life for your loved one. Sometimes people get intimidated and they mm-hmm. don't say things that they want to say. I know right. sometimes, you know, in our situation, we'd go home and then all of a sudden, you know, whether it was a siblings or my mom or something, it would come out after the fact. And it's like, you know what? You got to be open and say it right to the person that is taking care of, you know, the patient. And it's important, you know, that's just my my personal point of that. I agree. I agree. Don't give up because it's, it's often not easy to maybe speak to the people or to locate the doctor. You know, it may not be easy, but, but I, I really do think the persistence uh, makes a difference. And, okay. and ultimately, if, if, if a family has spoken and asked for change and isn't seeing change and their loved one isn't getting better, um, they can go to another nursing home or another facility. Um, and there may, and maybe other options are appropriate. Maybe a home care situation is, is possible with, um, with care at home. You know, there are different options and, um, people can explore those options and see what might be appropriate. 
and perhaps a better a better fit for their circumstances. So, Deborah, at what point does somebody like what rights does a person have if they are victims of neglect or abuse in the nursing home? Like, what are their rights? Number one, and number two, at what point should a person seek an attorney? Mm-hmm. Well, um, our state has a wonderful statute. It's um, Section 2801D of the Public Health Law. And um, it's a statute that basically came into existence because of uh, findings of abuse and neglect in our state. And the statute basically creates a private right of action for a resident in a nursing home if they have been harmed at a nursing home. And the statute basically says that if a um, nursing home uh, has violated some type of rule or regulation or contract and the resident becomes harmed, that they can basically bring an action against the nursing home. Um, so it's a, it's a powerful statute, and it basically shifts the burden to the nursing home to show that they've taken all steps reasonably necessary to have prevented something. So, for example, if mm-hmm. someone develops a bed sore in a nursing home, um, the, the statute's immediately triggered because the regulations basically say that I was discussing before that if someone comes in without a bed sore, they need to take all steps reasonably necessary to prevent it. Um, so if someone has a bed sore, I think at that point, um, it would be important to speak with someone. Um, first, of course, it's important to, to see what can be done to try to heal it. But in terms of legal rights and what can be done, um, that alone is a trigger to say, okay, what's happened here? Um, and what our office does is we speak to families and we ask about what things were done. And we go through that list of things I was mentioning before in terms of ways that uh, skin breakdown can be prevented. Um, and we then, uh, if we feel that a facility potentially didn't provide the right level of care, um, we obtain the records. We get retained. We obtain the records. And we have experts look at those records to determine exactly the kind of care that was given and to determine if the facility did or did not violate um, the regulations in our state. Okay. I guess, Deborah, so what happens at that point if the patient still remains in the nursing home? I guess what I'm trying to say is I wouldn't want them to take anything out on the patient. Mm -hmm. Does that ever happen? Is that? That's a great question. Um, This statute that I was referring to from the public health law actually has a provision in it that um, a facility cannot retaliate against a resident for actually bringing an action or for, or nor can they retaliate against a staff person that may testify um, against the facility. But I understand that um, when a family goes home at night, you're not going to feel comfortable just because something's written in a statute. Um, mm-hmm. My thoughts on it are twofold. One, if um, a family is concerned enough about the level of care that they've uh, sought out a lawyer, then I don't think that their loved one should still be in that nursing home. Okay, um, I agree. Care, care can get better at other places. You know, sometimes, you know, it can, and people need to explore other options. And um, it isn't always easy, perhaps, to get transferred, but um, we help with that, too. You know, we, we give people ideas, thoughts, um, because overall, our overall concern is that this person is protected. And um, so we can help um, families with that, refer them to other um, 
people in the field who can, as advocates and geriatric care managers, who can help mm-hmm. locate other facilities uh, and all. Well, I just like the idea that if you really do not feel comfortable and your gut is telling you that something's not right and there might be neglect or abuse, I I like the idea that we can come to a law firm like yours and we don't feel like we're by ourselves making these really important decisions and we can, you can help them and you more or less have our backs covered to know that that we're doing the right thing and to give us the options. Um, I think that's super important. But um, we're coming up on another break. When we come back, I just wanted, Deborah, review one more time the planning documents that every adult should have. And then we're going to go into some great business tips that you have since you're running your own business, your own law firm. So... With that, we're going to take um, a really quick break. The show has hopefully helped everybody think about important topics about taking care of their parents. Anyway, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back shortly. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi right after these on Toginet.com. Show me the money! Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Get ready for resources, tools, and support to help you build a successful business and live an awesome life. It's the Women's Business Success Show with your host, founder of the Association of Women Entrepreneurs, Tara McHugh. Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Each show will feature a special guest interview. Tara will bring you highly successful entrepreneurs sharing their stories of success. You'll hear about the challenges they faced along their journey together with the advice they have to help you achieve more. You'll also hear from various personal and business development experts sharing tips, solutions, and strategies that you can easily implement into your business and life for amazing results. For more on Tara and her show, check out her website, aofwe.com. Then join us for the Women's Business Success Show with your host, the founder of the Association of Women Entrepreneurs, Tara McHugh. Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. We have a lot to cover in this last segment, so let's um, just do a quick recap of what planning documents should every adult have, Deborah. 
Uh, first, I feel is a healthcare proxy, uh, so that uh, they a person can designate who they would want to make healthcare choices for them if they were unable to. Um, also, a power of attorney to handle everything other, basically, than healthcare options. People sometimes think uh, a power of attorney would actually also include the healthcare decisions, but it actually doesn't. Um, and also a will to determine where they would want their assets going or their thing, possessions, things that are important to them. And of course, if people have children, uh, just making arrangements as to who they would want caring for their children um, in the mm-hmm. event that anything uh, happened to them. Those are some of the yeah. documents. But again, I think it's it's really great to sit down with um, a trained professional and go over uh, someone's actual situation and to determine what someone specifically needs to make sure that they're protected. Oh, yeah. I think that's so important. And you know what? We live every day. God forbid. We don't know what's going to happen minute to minute. Something could happen. It's just so important to have all of these papers in order. So that's a great point. I think everybody should try you know, to have all, have everything in order so that you're not in the panic mode at the last minute. You know, it's horrible to make decisions when you're under a lot of pressure mm-hmm. and you have other things. But anyway, okay, so Deborah, can you do me a favor? Can you tell our listeners um, how they can get in touch with you if they have any questions? I know you were kind enough to offer my listeners a free phone consultation to discuss, you know, if their loved ones have has been a victim of a nursing home or hospital neglect. So um, tell us how we can get in touch with you. Sure. Uh, my, uh, I can either be uh, called at my office or emailed. Uh, my office number is area code 212-880-6496. That number again is 212-880-6496. Uh, or my email address is Deborah, which is D-E-B-O-R-A-H, at dftlaw.com, which is D is in Deborah, F is in Frank, T is in Tom, law.com. And again, that's Deborah at dftlaw.com. Okay, perfect. And um, just to kind of wrap up one thing that is whirling around in my head, you know, Deborah, anytime the average person hears the word attorney, all of a sudden, you know, we see dollar signs and we hear the cash register going cha-ching, cha-ching. Mm-hmm. Is that really the case? Can you enlighten us here? Like, how much is something like this going to cost us? Yeah, that, that's a great question, and I, I'm, I'm glad you asked me that. Uh, the types of cases that we investigate, the nursing home neglect, medical malpractice type cases, they're accepted on a contingency fee basis, which basically means that um, a client has no financial um, outlay for the cases. The only way that my firm is paid is at the conclusion of the case if there is a recovery. So um, there are no expenses that are advanced or fees are advanced. We're only paid at the conclusion if there is a recovery. Okay. So there's no reason why if anybody has any kind of inkling that there was neglect or abuse that nothing should hold them back, really. It's not going to cost them anything. And if something comes out of it, then they would be compensated for that. 
All right. So that sounds great. So we're going to shift gears just a little, everyone. So as we know, Deborah runs her own law firm. And as a business owner, uh, I know you have lots of great tips for us. And since we wrap up our show with the five best business tips of our guest, um, I guess it'll be appropriate to move right on into that. So, Deborah, your first tip is follow your passion. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, I think to to start your own business and to uh, to maintain it and to str- thrive in it. Um, if you don't have the passion, I don't think you can sustain it. Uh, I think right. especially at the beginning, you're totally giving of yourself to that business. Uh, and I, I just feel that uh, you need to have that inner drive to make it successful. Um, and I also think that the people that we come in contact with can see the difference. I think that passion is what distinguishes one business from another business, and people sense that, and I feel, at least I've experienced that, people want to work with someone who has uh, that passion to, uh, to advocate for them and to mm-hmm. uh, fight for their interests. Absolutely. I mean, to believe in yourself and your business, it's kind of contagious and people respect it. And you're so right. They want to do business with you. So that's a great point. Okay. Tip number two is delegate. Ugh, it's so hard to do, Deborah, but it's so important, isn't it? It is. And it's difficult for me, too. Um, you know, I think there's always that feeling of, I just need to do it. Uh, but uh, that is not a long, that isn't even a, you know, midterm strategy. Uh, I think you realize, you realize early on that that is not effective. And uh, I think that over the years, if, if I don't feel that I can delegate something to someone, then maybe it's not the right person. Um, so I think that mm-hmm. there are good people out there, and I think that um, in order for all of us to do those things that only we can do, uh, we need to delegate, um, and we're, in a sense, uh, not using our time effectively if we're doing things that really don't need um, our level of experience. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I just, I went to a conference a couple of months ago and I remember um, one of the speakers was up there and Deborah, she asked everybody to stand up and she asked a number of questions. And one of the questions was, um, who's doing, as a business owner, who's doing their own housework? And everybody, she just had a fit about it. And she just said, if you're a business owner, there's no way that you should be doing your housework because you've got to delegate the stuff that is not as important so you can focus on running your business. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's just one of the points that delegating is super, super important. So just let it go so your business can go forward. Right. Okay. So let's see. Business tip number three. Do what you say you're going to do and exceed people's expectations. Oh, that's so important because it makes them want to come back for more, doesn't it, Deborah? It does. And, and, and I think that the most important uh, thing that we all have is our reputation. And I think that um, if we don't do what we say we're going to do, that um, it, it adversely affects our reputation. And, uh, and you know, once you disappoint a customer, a client, a person, then it's difficult to, um, to change that. And so if you 
you know, and I so don't over promise either. I think that you know if, mm-hmm. if you don't if you're not sure if you can get something done by a certain date, then don't promise it because um, you're setting yourself up to um, be in a situation where you have a dissatisfied client. Um, and in terms of exceeding people's expectations, uh, I think what's important to try to do, or I find in my area of practice, is to sort of anticipate what um, people might need. And you know, for example. A family may call me because, um, example this week, a family called me because their loved one had fallen, and it was a very serious, serious fall, and um, now the person was in a nursing home in a very, mm-hmm. very compromised state. And her biggest concern was the fall and, and, and you know, finding out about that, but um, from my experience, I can anticipate what other things may be happening to this person's family member. And so I tried to share those things with her so that um, we know one bad thing already happened, but let's hope we can prevent other things from happening. So hopefully when she ended that phone call with me, I addressed the concerns, the legal concerns that she had, and hopefully also shared with her some other suggestions um, from what, what I've learned over the years to try to hopefully prevent some other things from happening. And that she ended that call feeling as if, um, you know, she really um, accomplished a lot. Great. Okay, that that sounds good. It's always great to give the client more information, I think, sometimes, Deborah, because um, even just sending them an article, you mm-hmm. know, or just an, an added little bonus, I guess, puts the ribbon on the wrapping, you know. On the paper, whatever. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. All right, Deborah. We're moving on to tip number four. Have a plan and your goals. Don't allow outside events to determine the course of your business. Be able to quantify if you are succeeding in your business. Oh, I love that. That is so, so important because so often we get so distracted. We get a phone call. We're looking at our emails, whatever. Stay on course. I think that's so important, Deborah. Yeah, it, I think so. Um, and and to have the vision, you know, to say, okay, what um, what do I want to accomplish and uh, and visualize what that is. And, um, you know, again, just not letting um, other things interfere with that. And and without goals, I think it's, you don't really know what you're accomplishing. Um, And I think goals help you strive towards something. Um, I know each day we're out there trying to do the best we can, um, but it's difficult sometimes to know if you if you're being successful um, without having those quantifiable goals either in terms of um, building the business revenue from the business um, I think it helps to just keep focused and, and to know what you're accomplishing absolutely and it's a good feeling to be checking off those goals that yes I accomplished it moving right, right along okay so our last tip our Business tip number five is each day distinguish between urgent matters that are important versus not important and those that are not urgent but important. Avoid the urgent, not important activities. That is so, so key, Deborah. I mean, a lot of times in the morning, I just say, no matter what, today I definitely have to get these three things done. And right. I just try to, I think that's so, so important, but some, sometimes it's, hard, it's easier said than done. 
It is, and I think especially as you mentioned um, with emails, and you know we're being bombarded all throughout the day, and it's easy to get sidetracked into something. And right. um, it, years ago, um, I saw this um, table where it had the four boxes, and it, maybe a lot of people have seen it also, where it divides up the urgent, oh, no. non-urgent, important, non-important, um, and those things in that box of urgent, non-important, such as emails and phone calls and interruptions and, you oh, know, that Deborah, compulsion. I can't believe that we're already coming up on the show, but Deborah, I'm oh. going to have you back on the show and we're going to talk about that. That is a great, um, important <laughs> note. But anyway, everybody, thanks for being a part of Paying It Forward. Deborah, thank you for coming on our show. And we My pleasure. And we'll see everybody next week. Thanks, thank Deborah. For being a part of Paying It Forward with Josephine Tarasi on Toginet.com. This show is dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. Each week we'll be discussing accomplishments, 